0: Hello, and welcome to Advancing Resiliency in Education with Jen and Jen. My name is Jennifer Baker and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and my co-host is Jennifer Johnson, licensed clinical social worker. We invite you to listen in as we respond to real questions on current mental health topics from educators. Our hope is that the ideas, stories, and experiences shared on this podcast will help you build resiliency and well-being in your own lives. Welcome
1: back. Jen, it's always great to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here again. So it looks like this week we've received a number of questions that are asking us about grounding. It looks like in our prior podcast we've mentioned grounding at different times. And so the um, the themes in the questions really are, hey, can you talk a little bit more about grounding? Can you just elaborate a little bit more um, on that topic? Yeah, perfect. So let's take a look at just a classic
0: definition of grounding. Grounding is a particular type of coping strategy that is designed to ground you in or immediately connect
1: you with present moment. Yeah, you know, it's so, it's so interesting because when we're doing a technique like grounding, we often are doing it because we have become ungrounded, not grounded, and what is something that can do that? Well, something that can do that is when we get overwhelmed with thoughts and feelings, distressing thoughts and feelings, um, for some people it's distressing memories as well. And so those memories or those distressing thoughts and feelings, they flood us, and then all of a sudden we become um, kind of disconnected, right? We're no longer tethered to the here and now. We're no longer tethered, sometimes we're not even tethered to reality. We're so swept up and caught up in those distressing thoughts and feelings and memories That we're floating, we're free floating, and that can be really scary for some of us. And so we have become not grounded. Mm -hmm. And so a grounding technique is just a lovely way to distract us from those distressing thoughts, feelings, or memories that have swept us up. And so it's a nice, healthy distraction coping skill. And hopefully it results in us being grounded here in the present moment, Mm -hmm. right? So bringing us back, tethering us back to the here and Mm -hmm. now. So for the audience, what you can't see is Jen's
0: using her hands right now. She's really oh. showing, yeah, she, she's showing me with her hands. It almost looks like a balloon. It's kind of going up into the air, but it seems to have kind of a string that's still tethering it to the ground. And so that's the kind of the metaphor that you're using, almost being tethered to something to be able to come back and ground yourself again.
1: Definitely. I don't know about you, Jen, but when I get swept up with distressing thoughts, or distressing feelings, um, or even distressing memories. Um, I can sometimes sit there and really just get swept up and before I know it, I'm 20 minutes sitting mm-hmm. at my desk and I've just been really kind of swept up in those thoughts or feelings or memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sometimes feel like I've lost the little golden string that attaches me back to the ground. Right. But then you know utilizing the grounding technique, I'm able to pull myself back down and become grounded, you know, become anchored mm-hmm. again.
0: So before we got started, we were kind of talking about this and how this may vary from mindfulness. What's kind of that difference between mindfulness and grounding? So
1: mindfulness, um, it has grounding elements in it, and grounding elements have mindfulness elements in it. Um, But the the difference is, is that mindfulness is you are letting things go, and you are being present in the moment without judgment. And so you don't necessarily have to be doing a number of action steps or um, a number of activities while being mindful. You have gotten to a place where you are okay to be mindful of the moment, to be present of the moment, and to not allow distractions to take you away. Mm -hmm. Whereas some of us might need to do grounding techniques before we can roll into mindfulness. We might have to ground ourselves, bring ourselves back to the here and now, safely, So that we're anchored and grounded, and then we could go ahead and allow ourselves to slip into a really nourishing mindfulness practice where we can now be with Mm. ourselves in a non-judgmental way, not judging ourselves um, and just allowing us to be present, but grounding allows us to hopefully get there. Right. Um, And again, some people do in fact use the words interchangeably, um, but when we really dive deep into the academic separation and distinction of the two. Um, Grounding is sometimes an act that you do to help you distract and healthily cope when you're experiencing distressing thoughts, uh, memories, and feelings. And then once you've done that healthy distraction and coping, you are hopefully grounded, and then you can go ahead and roll on into a a really soothing mindfulness practice and allow yourself to be with yourself without judgment. Mm So, it sounds like mindfulness is something that could be
0: incorporated with, is what I'm hearing you say. But what would be some of the grounding techniques that we would talk about that could really kind of bring us back so that we were maybe able to move into
1: the mindfulness techniques? That's a good question. So, you know, an easy search on any search engine um, uh, bar out there would help you find a number of grounding techniques. Um, there are some that are. Um, Something physical that you might do or a mental activity that you might do body awareness activity that you might do. So for instance um, a grounding technique called categories That's when you you know, you choose a category. It's a basic category. It could be movies It could be colors cities books cars Cereals and then what you do is you recognize that wow I'm really swept up in my distressing thoughts or feelings or memories. It's not a healthy place to be and so let me try to think of as many different types of cereals as I can. And so I simply get out a piece of paper and I try to write down as many cereals as I can. You know, Captain Crunch, um, Cocoa Puffs, um, Wheaties, uh, Honey Cheerio, Honey Nut Cheerios. And so what I do is I'm, I'm trying to think of as many possible cereals as I can. Well, what it, that is doing at the moment is I'm activating my higher brain regions. I'm activating my cortex, my thinking part of the brain because I have to think about like well, what are the cereals that I know? And so by activating that cortex, I'm kind of inviting myself to gently leave my limbic system. And remember my limbic system, it's an emotional part of my brain. And so when I was sitting in the car, um, really thinking about that awful conflict that I might've had with a loved one or that conflict I might've had with some colleagues, and I'm replaying that conflict over and over, how that argument went, how, how the words that were exchanged, and I'm replaying it over and over and over. At that moment I realized I need a healthy distraction because nothing good is coming from replaying that conflict and so I'm sitting in the car and before I know it you know I'm 20 minutes replaying that conflict Mm -hmm. Um, but since I've been taught grounding techniques what I'm going to do is pull one out help bring myself back to the here and now so I can get about my way and 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 not be swept up by these thoughts or memories um, that are rather distressing and uncomfortable so again it's a distraction technique distracting me from something that's distressing and then bringing me back, tethering me back to the here and now. But I'm also hearing you say they're pretty specific. So it's not
0: necessarily watching TV or getting on social media or doing those types of things that we would typically maybe think is distracting, but they're very specific ways to walk your mind through ways to bring you back to that tethering.
1: Yes, and you know, I would say that one might see getting on social media or watching tv as distracting but here's the problem and and you're you're right on top of it right now the problem is is that if I sit down to watch tv and that's my distraction technique I might find myself sitting and looking at the tv but I'm still in my limbic system I'm still Mm -hmm. in my emotional part of the brain and so behind my eyes I'm replaying the conflict from early this morning it's just that I'm staring at the tv while doing it Um, how many times do we know people that have been scrolling through Facebook for a good hour and cannot recall anything they've been scrolling through because really they're replaying a distressing event I'm
0: chuckling because yes I I am raising my hand even though you all can't see it I've been there I've done that
1: so it might have been you know a rough day at work and before you know it you come home you're sitting on the couch and and um, you're scrolling through Facebook but behind your eyes really what you're doing is you're replaying that conflict that you had maybe with colleagues at work or or whatnot so it may be a distraction technique, but it's not one of the it's not, it's not one of the best. Mm-hmm. So when we can engage our cortex, when we can when we can gently kindly ask our cortex to come back, that is a much better distraction technique. And so one one way to ask your cortex to come back is to get involved into a task like name five different cereals. You know, name name your five favorite cars, right? And as we were discussing this as well,
0: I had shared with you the What's Up app. So there are apps that they can find that would do this for them. There's a Get Grounded section within there and I'm just pulling it up right now and it says name five different animals that are colorful. And so you get to then hit little star buttons that spin and then it's like, yay, now you've, you know, that's one out of five, good one. Then it's named five different movie snacks. What's kind of nice about this is sometimes we maybe don't feel we're very creative on coming up with five different things to think about. So an app like this can be
1: very beneficial in that way, right? Yes, and, and can you picture it? So, again, you come home and are having a rough time or, you know, you're in your car replaying something and thinking about something, and you just can't kind of pull yourself out of that distressing memory or thought. You can't. You know you should, but you can't. We know lots mm-hmm. of things that we should, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's difficult to actually do it. And so yeah, the app that you just pointed out, the uh, What's Up app, that's amazing. It does it for you. And so mm-hmm. when you're sitting there trying to think of five colorful animals, you're not replaying that really ugly, heated exchange that happened between you and someone else. You're not replaying that. You you have a healthy distraction at that moment. So it brings you back, it gently invites your cortex to come, come back and be a part of your life and we do much better when our cortex is a part of our life. Um, The cortex being the smart brain, we've talked about that in the past as well. Um, And so, yeah, we wanna be able to capitalize on that. There are other techniques. Um, You know, there's a body awareness technique. Um, Sometimes this will incorporate breathing techniques um, along with it, but here's an example. Uh, Place both feet flat on the floor, wiggle your toes, curl and then curl your toes several times spend a moment noticing the sensations in your feet. So I read that directly from the therapistaid.com website. And so you, again, can just enter in grounding techniques and you're gonna see a number of sites that will come up. And therapistaid.com is really a nice, easy to read site. And so it just gave you a body awareness grounding technique. If I put all my focus onto pushing my feet and curling my toes up and pushing them into the ground, Well, now I have my body um, awareness going on where my feet are contacting the ground. I'm feeling the pressure of the ground. I'm making contact with the ground. And so that's bringing you back into the here and now. It's gonna be a lot harder to be swept up with memories and emotions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let's look at just one more. They've got one that says, um, rub your palms together briskly. Notice Notice and sound the feeling of warmth. And so You know, let's all, let's just try that right now. Don't take your hands off the wheel if you're driving. But (laughs) if you can, just rub your hands briskly together. All right, you hear me and you hear Jen? Right? And so I do. I notice the sound, I can hear it, and I am heating up. Are Mm -hmm, you heating up mm -hmm. the the palms of your hands? And so that's kind of bringing me back to the here and now. And so, for instance, it's going to be really hard to get lost in in a memory that's plaguing me. it's gonna keep me from being so easily swept up. I'm, it's almost like this is an invite back, you know? The rubbing of the palms is a nice invite mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So those are some body awareness grounding techniques. I was thinking for the counselors, clinicians,
0: and psychologists who are also listening in to us as well, Marsha Linehan's work on delectical behavioral therapy and her use of splashing cold water
1: on your face. Yes. You know, um, Jen, that's a perfect example of a grounding technique versus a mindfulness technique. And so for instance, splashing cold water on your face, it wouldn't, the act itself doesn't fall under mindfulness, but splashing cold water on your face does fall under the umbrella of grounding. Um, So we would do that to bring ourselves out of a a, a distressing thought or memory or feeling, because the cold water, um, first of all, it kind of stimulates us, it kind of activates us, like, oh, you know, and it's bringing us back to the here and now. And so that's grounding. After I'm grounded, I can make the choice to roll into a mindfulness technique if it would be suitable and appropriate at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so that's a perfect example um, of bringing one back to the here and now because one had drifted off to somewhere not so pleasant, right, not so pleasant.
0: How could we use this then as a teacher with students or even, let's say, our own children? in a way that we'd be able to help them kind of get tethered into the moment.
1: So you know when teachers will comment, when they can tell their classroom, the entire classroom is kind of rowdy or riled up, um, they could roll out a grounding technique for the whole class. So for instance, a grounding technique or even a mindfulness technique will not cause any harm um, to those that are not needing it. It won't cause any harm at all. so if a teacher is teaching, rather it be face to face or on Zoom, they can tell when the class is really wild, riled up and everyone's untethered. Um, could be they have too much energy, they can't focus. They especially could, on a windy day. On a, yes, <laughs> uh, yes, especially on a windy day. See all those balloons kind of floating off into the sky. Right? And there's the teacher running around yeah, trying to grab Trying to streams. grab them all together. Yes, so the teacher at that moment, because they pick up on that, they can tell when, when the class is rowdy and, and floating away. And so they could roll out a grounding technique Mm -hmm. at that moment, right? Just bring everybody back in, model taking a very deep breath, and then roll into maybe a categories exercise. I want everybody to name, you know, four uh, books that we've read this year that we're really liking. Uh, What are four activities that you uh, like to do uh, at the end of school? What are five cereals that you like? Something like that. And so now you have... Mm -hmm kind of this collective collective effort by the entire class to focus on the question that you're asking. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, if there was any student or students being sucked up by distressing thoughts and distressing feelings, you have given them a nice gentle invite to come back.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and any age, any age. Yes. This can yes. be as young as your littlest ones to your senior in high school.
1: Yes, yes, it really can. And. You know, some of them can even be exciting activities for some of these younger kids. Uh, so for instance, uh, there is this one it, it says, uh, "Spell your full name and the names of three other people backwards." <laughs> right? And I don't even know.
0: I'm trying to think as an adult, Jan, if
1: I can do that one. <laughs> well, and you could see that a mm. teacher could do it online as an activity, oh. like everyone get out a piece of paper, right. And what I want you to do is spell your name backwards. And so it's also a a nice assessing tool because you can see who needs to write their name out in full forward motion first. I would be that child. I'd have to write my name (laughs) out in forwards first and then look at it and write it backwards. But what you've just done as a teacher, you've brought me to this activity, to this assignment, to this task, which might be a lot better than where my mind was going. Maybe my mind was going, gosh, it's been really hard this last weekend. We've been fighting at home, and my, my sister's mad at me, or my brother's mad at me. And you could already tell I was not really tethered to you or your assignment. I wasn't really anchored with the rest of the class. The other kids might be doing the activity, and it's just fun for them. But for the kid that is struggling and is drifting off and distressing thoughts and memories, you just did a gentle invite, and right? And so they write their name out, and they write it backwards, and then you say, think of you know, two friends' names, and then, you know, they write it out and do it backwards. You've just harnessed everyone together at that time. What about modeling it yourself?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In this moment, I'm,
0: I'm feeling kind of ungrounded. Let's mm-hmm. say as a teacher, I'm, I'm feeling that everybody's kind of everywhere, but
1: modeling that self-talk as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that when I'm trying to model it, I want a nice descriptor that might stay with them. And so the two descriptors that I often use is, hey, I'm needing to ground myself. I want to be a little bit closer and connected to the ground. Or I'll use this. Ah, I need to toss my anchor out because hmm. I'm kind of feeling a, a little bit free-floating. And so I want to anchor myself. Um, so I'll use the terms grounding and anchor almost because the students can begin to picture them. Yeah. Um, I could,
0: as soon as you said that, I thought of that as well. I could picture that anchor kind of grounding me, kind of holding me back as the currents are trying to kind of pull me here and there. And I can be kind of that safe ship for the other kids to get on board.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And and it doesn't it feel nice? Think Think about it. If we were in rough seas, you know, and the rough seas could be, you know, family fighting. The rough seas could be my best friend isn't talking to me anymore. The rough seas could be, no one's picking me uh, to do an after-school project with them on Zoom. The rough seas could be anything. And it doesn't feel good to be flopping around in the rough seas, right? That feels uncomfortable. And so if we could anchor ourselves so that we could handle the rough seas, then we might feel a bit safer to throw out, I don't know, possible healthy ways of handling it or possible communication exchanges. you can't do that when you're just trying to hold on to the boat and hoping it doesn't capsize you can't do that so um it it does give you a sense of security that i'm going to toss my anchor out and it's going to hold me even during these rough seas even during the rough seas yeah
0: and i'll make sure that all the links and all of the things that we talked about at the resources are linked in our description page thanks jen thanks jen thank you so much for listening support shared during today's episode is for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Jen and I wish you well, and look forward to you joining us on the next episode of Advancing Resiliency in Education.